Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Just wanted to take a quick moment to introduce this track as we start off the show. This is the cover version of Let's Fighting Love by the guitarist and artist himself, Andrew Soto. I'll drop the link in the YouTube section if you want to view it for yourself. It's really well done, and uh, you should check out the rest of his other uh, television show covers. And now, let's Fighting Love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Suck My Balls, a South Park review. I'm your host with the most lives on the West Coast, your boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Matthew underscore Schaffer. Each and every week, I am joined by my best friend, my bro, my bro, from uh, the other side of the world, y'all, or in this case, south of me. But we're in the same time zone because Arizona <laughs> does not subscribe to Daylight Savings Time. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my boy, Ian Colano. A.K.A. Skip Jackson. What's happening? What's up, buddy? How are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you? The world is in disarray. People are yes. freaking out. Panic People abroad. Freaking out over my corona. Apparently, this virus causes explosive diarrhea because everybody has bought all the toilet paper. So there's that. Yeah, I don't understand why everybody's gone out and bought all this goddamn toilet paper. It makes no sense unless, okay, the only reason why you go out and buy toilet paper is in the event all the water gets shut down. So I guess you can't clean your ass with water. I don't know. I, you know, I, I and even if that's the case, then you bought all that extra water anyway. So you're. What do you need the toilet paper for? Like, at that point, wouldn't you want to just not flush stuff and have more backed up things? Wouldn't toilet paper potentially add to the clog of the drainings if the water filtration system were to go down? Wouldn't you want to just keep it all liquid at that point? Pretty much. I don't know, man. People are freaking out. Uh, States are declaring national emergencies. The president of the United States 
went on TV. I believe it was Friday or yeah, Friday morning. All right, so Friday morning we get a, a notification from National Network, and I work for an ABC affiliate. I don't directly work for ABC, just to make that clear. Uh, we are, are a television station and entertainment company itself, and they are contracted, so we are affiliated. With ABC content, so they give us a national news coverage. Part of our contract states that when we go to, you know, if there's any special reports or breaking news, we have to cut in. Three hours, cool. the president. Yeah, that's cool. They said an announcement in three hours. The president of the United States will address the nation on coronavirus. And I was like, whoa. So like, I just quickly googled really quick, and I found that MSNBC had already started reporting that the president was about to declare a national emergency. Now, of course, this is like about a week into this, so not everything is going crazy, right? There had been mm-hmm. times over the course of earlier this week, I went to the store, and there was plenty of toilet paper available. Like, I was like, oh, whatever. It hadn't hit here. Trump goes out and hits that national emergency, bro. I made sure to get to the store an hour before he made that announcement. <laughs> bought, all my sh- bought all my shit, and then I went online and watched people like – Facebook Live and all this shit of them running to the store and buying shit. <laughs> and I was like, you guys sick. <laughs> but we're here to talk about something fun, something lively. If you're at home now during this coronavirus outbreak, maybe you're binge listening to all of our podcasts. Maybe you know who we are. If you don't know who we are, this is the first time you've ever checked us out because this is your favorite episode. Well, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is one of my favorite episodes as well from season one. Episode 12, Mecca Streisand. Babuda, Babuda. You got it. Babuda. I'm going to say, keep going, keep going. All right, cool. Yes. <laughs> we are reviewing South Park's edition of Mecca Streisand. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're just letting you know. that Coming up in about three weeks when we get to season two here, we're going to change up our format. That format's going to maybe include maybe a shorter version, depending on how we do this. <laughs> we keep trying to say we'll do a shorter version. We have caught it down under an hour, so that's pretty good. But our aim is to try to get it down to 30, 40 minutes for you guys. So what we're going to do is we're going to split it up into a couple different segments. Where we'll, we'll just kind of go over our highs and lows of the episode, some of our pay- favorite parts, but we'll still give you that full story without maybe essentially going line by line. However, if you do like that, let us know, and maybe mm-hmm. it's something we will continue to do for special episodes or other things. Uh, but you can, of course, reach out to us on Twitter and on Instagram at SuckMyBallsPod and on Facebook at South Park Pod. In this episode, though, Ian, as we mentioned, it's Mecha Streisand. So Mecha Streisand. <laughs> I would say from a historical standpoint, while they have kind of made fun of Sally Struthers, who we do see in this episode, and they have kind of made fun of um, Kathy – whatever her name i forget what her name was um we just reviewed that episode like seven kathy gifford seven mm-hmm. seven or six or seven episodes but this was the first full-on fuck you right like like they weren't even as bad on sally struthers because sally struthers was like no it's my phone it's my kid no right but that's because she was just they just made fun of her for being obese and taking advantage of you know people this one they straight out came out and they were like dude she's a bitch <laughs> she's a bitch <laughs> yeah so it's the 12th episode of the first season it originally aired on comedy central united states february 18th 1998 in this episode barbara streisand obtains the diamond of pantheos from stan cartman kyle and kenny and transforms into a giant mechanical dinosaur called mikos trisen uh, she will go toe-to-toe with robert smith who is the frontman for the cure Sidney Poitier and Leonard Malton 
And uh, isn't that kind of apropos that we uh, were reviewing an episode with Leonard Malton? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Leonard Malton, you know, he's uh, he's basically, you know, does his annual, what, his book movie thing, the Capsule Review. Leonard Malton's Movie Guide, which I think that was published from like the 60s to 2014, bro. So he was a, a movie reviewer and critic himself. Isn't that kind of cool? Well, yeah, that is critic. Cool. We're, we're critics ourselves here, right? Yeah. So, and we are South Park historians. Well, at least I am. Maybe you'll catch up one day. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so uh, according to the Niels... <laughs> I know, savage. Savage. Get pretty weak. Um, boo, boo, man, boo, man, Schaefer. Uh, according to Nielsen ratings, Mecca Streisand was seen by 5.4 million viewers at the time, a record high viewership for that episode. Streisand, of course, herself was very critical of the series and her role in uh, Mecca Streisand. Although Leonard Moulton, of course, was complimentary about his portrayal. Why wouldn't it? They made him look like a badass. <laughs> And he, and it was also like, oh, you know what? If we're gonna put Leonard Malton in it, he's a critic, so maybe we should make him look good, right? Because I mean, at that point, like that's maybe somebody who you respect as a critic, so you don't want to hurt them because maybe then they have a little bit more power in Hollywood to drag your show through the mud, Ian. No, yeah, no, no. Okay, so during a field trip to an archaeological dig, that's how the episode starts out, Cartman discovers a mysterious stone triangle. But before he gets there, let's talk about some of the comical things that started off this episode. Um, you know, we start off with the anthropologist kind of going over, asking the kids, like, uh, you know. Now, can anybody tell me who left these arrowheads here? Isn't that your job? Well, yes, but I want to see if you're learning anything. Oh, and the anthropologist <laughs> is like, well, yes, but I want to see if you're learning anything. And Stan just like all like shock. Oh, <sighs> he does his own. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Anthropologist says, guys, I'll tell you what. Why don't you grab a little anthropology pickaxe and we'll get to dig in the kids cheer. Cartman throughout this dig is singing a very, I'd say, um, minstrel type song, a slave labor type song. Day is never finished. Master got me working. Someday master set me free. Dude, shut up, Cartman. Dan's <laughs> like, dude, shut up, Cartman. And Pip's like, oh, oh, I think I found one. And Cartman takes, of course, notice. And he's like, no, I've had it. And Pip's like, oh, I, I do believe I found it first. And Cartman's like, no, Pip. And he's like, oh, dear. And Cartman's like, well, I guess we'll have to Rochambeau for it. And Pip says, what do you mean? Cartman explains what Rochambeau is. Have you ever played Rochambeau? <laughs> You ever play Rochambeau as a kid? No, I can't say that I actually uh, played you it. You played Rochambeau? No, never. I don't. I don't think it's a real game. <laughs> oh, it, it's a real game. It's a real fucking game. I played it. You you never went up to your friends, and just kicked them in the balls. <laughs> no. I mean, never, never just walked up to each other. Like, hey. Nope. So Rochambeau is actually a uh, tr the I don't know what the etymology is might be like French but it's uh based on the game of rock paper scissors. Did you know that? 
So to play a game of Rochambeau in order to decide a point of contention. So in this case, they changed it rather than playing a rock, paper, scissors. I mean, kick you in the nuts, and I'll kick you in the nuts, and then you kick me in the nuts, and we just keep going back and forth, and we have a fight first. Well, guess we'll have to Rochambeau for it. What do you mean? Well, first I kick you in the nuts as hard as I can, then you kick me in the nuts as hard as you can, and we keep going back and forth until somebody falls. The last one standing gets the arrowhead. Oh, my, well, I suppose if I must. Okay, ready? I'll go first. Okay, you can have this stupid airhead. I don't want it. So he goes back to singing, you know, Did never finish, master got me working. He says, oh, look, I found another one. He finds a triangle after he says it's a stupid triangle. Throws it. Kyle finds it. He's like, oh, cool, dude, a triangle. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Cartman's like, hey, now that everybody else thinks it's cool and Kyle's got it, give it back to me. Cartman's trying to, like, you know, Rochambeau for it. Kyle says, no way, fatty, it's mine. Cartman calls over the anthropologist. The anthropologist is like, whoa, you found this. This, is, this looks like Anasazi writing. My God, this must be a thousand years old. <laughs> Are you laughing because of the next part? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, we get a News 4 special report. <laughs> And the anchor comes on, and he's like... And finally tonight, a young boy from South Park, Colorado, found something very interesting during a field trip today. Here with a special report is a quadriplegic Swiss man on a pony. Thanks, Tom. The little eight-year-old was very shocked indeed when he came across a very ancient triangular object. Well, I was just digging around, and I was all like, Dude, I found this triangle. And my friends were like, Dude. And I was all, Dude. And I told him, I said, Cap, I will kick you in the nuts. But he didn't give it back to me, so I kicked him square in the nuts, and he cried like Nancy Kerrigan. You liar, Cartman! You triangle thief! And so the little boy will take his discovery home and perhaps donate it to science a little later. Back to you, Dave. Thanks, Tom. Those are some cute, cute kids. Except for that last one. He's a little tubby. Aye! <laughs> Let me repeat uh... Here with a special report is a quadriplegic Swiss man... On a pony. <laughs> First of all, shout out to South Park for putting a quadriplegic Swiss man on a pony and giving him a job, not making him look demeaning. He's got a full time job as a news reporter. You know what I mean? That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good on him. Anyway, so uh, we go to Kyle's house. So at this point in time, we got the episode rocking and rolling. We know what the arc main storyline is. They found this triangle. When you originally watched this back in the day, did you think that it was going to be centered around this triangle? I don't, I wouldn't say that, but um, I, when I was a kid, I was huge into Godzilla and Mega Godzilla and all of that, dude. I loved those movies so much. And when this episode came out, I was just, this is definitely in my top five favorite because of the fact that the homage to all the Godzilla stuff in this is just amazing. So I kind of, I didn't think it was going to be completely centered around the triangle. I thought it was going to be kind of centered around um, like a huge monster battle. But, you know. I mean, it kind of was, right? They kind of almost did it. And we'll get to there to the different. I mean, we got Mothra essentially versus Godzilla in South Park here. Essentially, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mecha Streisand back in the day, was it, I mean, 
you were kind of like keeping up to date more than I was at the time because you kind of watched earlier than I did. Do you remember if there was any advertisements? Like, were they advertising Mecha Strice? And I haven't looked up any trailers for this episode. I can't remember. I uh, can't really remember much advertising really for South Park other than like on late night TV almost. You know, after school, it's around 6 or 7.30. Then some of the advertisements would be coming out, but you would have to be, I feel like, I remember it having to be like basically on Comedy Central. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Comedy Central had a tendency to like air their commercials later. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. would be like, uh, and it was the guy from Penn and Teller, right? Because he owns part of Comedy Central, or he owns all of it. I want to say, like, he owns it's either his company or like he's the majority shareholder. Like, he helped start it, which mm-hmm. is an interesting. Um, you know, piece of information that the magician started this Comedy Central, but he was a, co- a comedian, so that also you know makes sense too. Yeah, trying to look up any type of advertising, it just brings up that one episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't even bring up the advertisement either. I can only bring up the season fourteen episode when we get there, when right. we get super high def mecha strikes in. <laughs> Good stuff. Good freaking stuff, and that is eventually where Pip will die. Uh, oh, stupid. I hate, I hate so glad they killed him uh me too so we move into the next phase of this episode they are at kyle's house right mm-hmm. what are you gonna do with it dude i'm gonna put it in my room where cartman can't find it oh, i'll find it don't worry God, give me give me my triangles you did throw it away cartman I was just setting it aside. Well, you might as well let it go. Never. I'll get that triangle if it's the last thing I do. So Cartman enters his room, closes the door, locks it, so that way nobody can come in. And Cartman's like, God damn it, give me my triangle. Stan's like, you did throw it away, dude. And Cartman's like, I was just setting it aside. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Cartman right there. This is where we get a taste of a classic Cartman. We totally do we totally this is do. just like so consistent with him. And I think this is one of the first episodes where we actually get some continuity because they do reference a couple things that had just happened and we'll now get that they're there. getting attacked. Right. Yeah, we'll get there too. It happens in one of the next scenes. So you're right. And Cartman in this case is definitely playing the men trying to play the mental gymnastics here, I would say. Right off the bat with Stan. Like, right I was <laughs> trying to convince someone else that he didn't throw it away after he was like, this stupid jagger. Right. So now we go to the school cafeteria. Chef singing like a little rant. Give me a little bit of that pepper. Give me a little bit of that salt. Put it in a skillet and cook it. Leonard Malton shows up. He says, excuse me, sir. And Chef's like, can I help you? Hey, you're that movie critic guy on TV. And Leonard Malton's like, yes, that's me. And Chef's well, I'll be a teenage girl backstage at an Aerosmith concert. Leonard Moulton, my cafeteria. I'm chef. And Leonard Moulton's like, I know who you are. You must listen to me, chef. We have precious little time. Have you seen Bob Ostrichand recently? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> chef's, like, chef's like, Bob Ostrichand? You, you mean like the Bob Ostrichand? And Leonard Moulton says, yes, have you seen her? Chef says, no, not yet. Not says Yentl, which I don't even know what that is. I guess maybe that's an album or a movie or yeah. something. But I don't look it, it up. Don't look it up. It's Bob Ostrichand. Yeah. yeah. So Leonard Malton says, thank God that I'm not in, that I'm not too late. And Chef says, too late for what? Chef, it's the utmost importance. You tell me where those little boys from the news report are. And Chef says, why do you care? Go to the bus stop. This is where we get one of our first continuity here. Stan says, I have a button we can use for his nose. And Kenny says, 
yeah, and I got this nice marble sack to go with this carrot stick. See? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle says, what would we use a marble sack for? Totally went over this uh, head, head here, and they totally did not even address it again. Right. Now, That's, you grew up yeah. and you grew up in colder climate than I did, right? You grew up in New Jersey as a kid? Yeah. You had snow, I assume. Snow days. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you ever build snowmans? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but did you ever read the Calvin and Hobbes books growing up? I did. You know the type of snowmans that he built? <laughs> you built those ones? That's what I kind of did. Like, I remember I built a little uh, snow village because we had wow. like three, we had like a nor'easter and we had like three feet of snow. So I went, we had a badminton court. So I built like this whole little snow village and I stampede through it and destroyed everything. <laughs> that's awesome i can honestly tell you i lived in montana and even when i did live in montana never built a snowman don't like snow ian i'm a mm. so cowboy bro yeah i don't it's like that snow i don't like snow i remember first uh seeing snow when i was seven or eight my parents took me up to the mountains and uh you know i'm young at the time i'm like seven maybe six or seven so like but i remember this because we were out in the snow plan and i got drenched and then they were like okay let's go sit in the car and warm up and while i was sitting in the car and warming up mom and dad were doing you know oh romantic through the woods in the snow kind of shit right <laughs> so i just got left in the car for like 20 30 minutes but it was nice i had to warm up so they went off and did their you know couple stuff which is nice but yeah. i remember being a kid and being like where's mom and dad <laughs> like i've been sitting here for 20 minutes Oh, are we leaving? Um, so we get to the next portion. Kyle says, uh, be careful. I'm sorry. Cartman says, be careful where you put that carrot. Kyle might steal it. Kyle says, I didn't steal anything. <laughs> Cartman says, Stan, would you tell Kyle that I'm not speaking to him? Kyle says, good. All of a sudden, we see a helicopter noise appear, or a helicopter, pink helicopter ascending. And Cartman says, what's that noise? And then he goes, ah, aliens. And he actually covers his butt. <laughs> yes. I was going to mention this. Yes. He screams aliens and covers his butt. This episode is full of just throwbacks to all the other episodes, which, you know, I was complaining about the continuity problems earlier, and this is where we actually start to get a taste of it. So really exciting. That's a good point. You know, I read an article talking about continuity for South Park. I read an article that, you know, because if you look at South Park's seasons, right, the last couple, Mm -hmm. four to five, I would say it started with season 19. So you had like 19 or maybe 18, actually. So you had like 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. So for those five seasons, they had like an overall story arc, right? Right. In this last season, season 23, while they did kind of have an overall story arc, they also were kind of like one-off episodes too. Do you get what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. they sprinkled in little things, but each individual, each episode could be its own episode because it had its own themes. That and the reason for that is apparently with the new HBO deal, HBO wants South Park to be more like that one off type episode because there's Uh, so many episodes. Does that make sense? So now they're going to lose the continuity. I think so. Or at least Uh, we're not going to get overall story arcs anymore of a whole season. They might, you know, do little tidbits here and there. And I'm sure we'll get like two part, three part episodes. That's South Park. 
But are we going to get like that whole for whole troll tax season? Probably not. No. Or Tegrity Farm. Tegrity Farms. We'll probably get a couple Tegrity Farms episodes. I mean, hell, he legalized cocaine and weed. I mean, he did. (laughs) That's for season three. So Barbara Streisand descends. You know, she's like, I'm Barbara Streisand. And they're like, so? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I would react to Barbara Streisand. Like, if I saw Barbara Streisand now, I'd be like, oh, so cool. Like, I I don't really care. Uh, Stan does bring up a good point, though. He's like, oh, you're important? Like, John Elway important? And Barbara Streisand says, what? And Stan says, do you know John Elway? And she's like, no. And he's like, oh, so you're really famous and important, but you don't know John Elway. <laughs> John Elway. They all go back and forth until eventually Barbara Streisand is like, where is the triangle of Zintar now? And Stan's like, why do you want to know, lady? And Barbara Streisand says, I'm not talking to you, you little pissant little hick. And Stan's like, whoa, Jesus. And Barbara Streisand says, where is the triangle, damn it? She picks up Kyle and then, of course, Officer Barbara. Well, it seems to be the problem over here. <laughs> uh, Barbara Streisand's like, oh, there's no problem. And Cartman's like, nah, nah, dude, she's nice. She's being a total bitch. Barbara Brady says, Boy, shouldn't you be in school? Stan says, It's Saturday. No excuses. Move along, you little troublemakers. So, (laughs) (laughs) fucking Barb Brady. Right. So, Barbara Streisand says, Well, and Officer Barb Brady says, Well, what? And Barbara Streisand says, You know who I am, don't you? And Officer Barb Brady says, Well, you ain't Fiona Apple. And if you ain't Fiona Apple, I don't give a rat's ass. (laughs) <laughs> and she screams and she rushes off. And even Savage. Officer Barb Officer Barb Brady's even like, huh, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he has one interaction with her and he can already go, what a bitch. Now we're at Chef's house. And Chef oh, I'm sorry, we're at uh, Kyle's house. Chef rings the doorbell, you know. They uh discover that he's not home. Leonard Malton says we gotta go look for them. Chef says, come on, what the hell is this about? Leonard Maltz says, if Barbara Streisand saw the same report I did, then these boys are in grave danger. If you were Barbara Streisand, where would you be right now? And all of a sudden, a picture of Tom's rhinoplasty pops into his head. Shout out to season one, episode 11, Tom's rhinoplasty, which was last week's episode right here of Suck My Balls, a South Park review, which you can check out at anchor.fm slash suckmyballs and all digital outlets. And of course, rat salad review. Dot com. Hey, you know, before we move on, did you check out the Vashido podcast I did? The Vashido podcast? Yeah, the, the from with Rat Salad Review. Remember, you were like, show me the link when you go live. Oh, I didn't get a chance to. I know, so, I'm sorry. A dick, Wayne. Call him a dick. Anyway, let's go yeah. to the next episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Chef says, I don't know. Uh, it was just a rumor about Miss Streisand had a new four million condominium up in the ski slope. So Leonard Mullen says, damn it, man, where's your car? So now we're at the $4 million condo, Barbara Streisand. She's like, he has it, Milo. The little bastard has a triangle. And the butler's like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm sure he knew about the symbol. She's like, a cop showed up. He's a clever one. She called Officer Barbara D a clever one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that got me a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's cute. She's like, I can't blow everything now. I, I'm this close. Everything must be handled carefully. She pulls out her own triangle, and she says, how many years has it been? 
Milo, 30, 40. For so long, I've waited to find the other triangle. And now I'm so close. The dawn of Zinthar is at close hand. And then Chanel, you know, laughs hysterically. Mm. We go to Kyle's room. Cartman's breaking in. Uh, but as he breaks in, Ike shows up. Cartman? You scared the crap out of me, Ike. What the hell are you doing? I'm trying to get my tri- Wait a minute, I'm not talking to you. Ike, will you tell Kyle that I was trying to get my triangle back? Mm, total bad. Well, Ike, you can tell Cartman that it's my triangle. Cookie monster. Well, you can tell Kyle that he's a dirty goddamn son of a bitch. I thought that I knew. All right, all right. If it means that much to you, take the stupid triangle. Huh? If it'll make you leave me alone, then just take the damn thing. Here. There. Now get out of my house, and I hope you feel really, really good about yourself. Hell yeah, dude. I got the triangle. I got the triangle. I got the triangle. He leaves. We go back to Leonard Moulton and his chef now driving up the mountain. They're drive, kind of around, driving around. They get Leonard Moulton's kind of getting frustrated, you know, because he's like, where's this Barbra Streisand? And chef's like, I have no idea. It was just a rumor. And Leonard says, we have to keep going. And the chef's like, no. So he pulls over the car. And he's like, I'm not going another minute until you tell me what the hell's going on. <laughs> and this is where they really start to like hit, bag on Barbara Streisand. Leonard like Moulton says, hard. yeah, hard. Haven't you ever been curious about the uh, insanity Barbara Streisand exhibits? Oh, and, man. <laughs> and chef says, well, I always heard she was kind of a bitch. But and Leonard Maltz says, more than a bitch. She's a calculating, self-centered, egotistical bitch. She was born in a small town. Her mother was a jackal, and her father was an insurance salesman. Oh, an insurance salesman. And Leonard Maltz continues, when she was five, she knew that she wanted to be a famous singer. But by that time, she was six. Her ambitions became to rule the universe. She learned of an ancient diamond, the diamond of Pantheos. And she was like, oh, you know what? Never mind. I don't, I don't want to hear this. So he starts driving. He's like, forget I asked. And then Leonard Malton says, before she was seven, the keepers of the Pantheos loaded this insane little girl's wish. The diamond was split up and buried at opposite ends of the world. But then, during the shooting of My Fair Lady, Barbara Streisand found one of the triangles. <laughs> my Fair Lady. I don't even know what the fuck. What is that? Is that a movie? Yeah, it was like a musical, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's, that's, there you go. And I have Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Chef says, and the other triangles, and the one Kyle has, and he says, yes, Mr. Chef, if Bab gets a hold of that other triangle, she will fulfill her prophecy and become the most threatening ever thing to mankind. Mecca strikes hand. And Chef says, mm, Mecca strikes hand. Oh, man, I didn't know. I don't know what the hell that means, but it doesn't sound good. Now, <laughs> so this dynamic we've got uh, between Leonard Malton and Chef, I really like. You've got Chef, like, who's, like, trying to be calm and cool and you got Leonard Moulton here who's kind of freaking out. Right. I thought the interactions were uh, were really funny. What did you think of Leonard Moulton as a whole as far as his character in this episode? I love him because he's got that whole mystery behind him of, oh, you know, he knows what's going on. And um, this is really like Leonard Moulton. <laughs> it's hilarious. In my opinion. What about you? What did you think? It was kind of that out of left field that Leonard Walton that they just used him. But right. I mean, as we kind of talked about a little bit, Leonard Malton was a film and movie critic, right? 
So if you're going to put over a guy who's going to criticize your show, you definitely make him look positive. And they did that. And yes. I, we'll him. talk about, as we'll talk about here, I love what they turn him into. Did you get what they turned him into? Did you, did you get his character? Ultraman. Yes, Ultraman. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Okay. So Byron Streisand says, oh, she shows up again this time. Now she's wearing like one of those uh, Groucho Marx face masks with the mustache and the big nose and the glasses. Mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand says, oh, hello, there, little boys. How are you today? She's like, my name is Mrs. Jones, and I'm a friendly, nice person. I hear that you found my triangle. You see, that triangle is part of my kidney dialysis machine. I'm so glad you found it, because without it, I was sure to die within hours. Cartman, no no, no, no fucks given. Oh, yeah, you can't find the kidney. And then Barbara Streisand says, but I'll die. And Cartman says, well, I guess we'll have to roast him for it. I kick you in the nuts as hard as I can, and you kick me square in the nuts as hard as you can. And as he's continuing on, she says, I want to give you a big cash reward for finding it. It's worth a lot of money to me. And Cartman says, it is. And Stan says, hey, no wonder why that Barbara Streisand lady wanted it. And here we go. They start taking aim right at her again. Hey, no wonder that Barbara Streisand lady wanted it. Oh, <laughs> who was that? Oh, just this really, really old lady who wishes she was still only 45. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you should have seen her nose. It was big enough to land stealth bombers on. <laughs> yeah, and talk about it, bitch. I haven't seen... Enough! Oh, ha ha. Anyway, if you'll come with me in my car, I'll take you up to my condo where I'll kill you. I, I mean, uh, uh, give you money for the triangle. Sweet! I'm gonna be rich. Bet you wish you wouldn't have given me back that triangle now, huh, Kyle? Dumbass! <laughs> so now he's thrown in his face. Kyle points out something that is very true. Uh, don't get into cars with strangers, people. People. I don't care if you see the guy's app on your Uber or your Lyft. Don't get into cars with strangers. Just saying. Just saying. Unless you have to. Don't drink and drive. Stay alive. Hopefully you have a DD though, because I'm telling you, don't you don't want to drive with strangers. You never know what they're gonna do. You know what I'm saying, Ian? Weirdos out yeah. there, like on the road, whether you know them or not, there's just some reckless freaking drivers out there, man. Like I know, me and you could sit here probably for hours and tell road race stories or people who are just being idiotic on the road. But I'm interested to see what the fallout of the coronavirus will be. Will it affect our roads? I had a friend today tell me that she lives near the Air Force Base, bro, and they already have National Guards around. Like, it's almost practically martial law over where she's at. And I was like, well, at least I was like, at least you're near the base, so if some shit goes down, you're fine, right? Uh, it's it's already, like, the, the shutdown from UK to Ireland, from Europe, it's been like that for a little while. I'm just saying we haven't really seen it here. Yeah, too much. And it's already starting is what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Cartman says, no, of course not. Not when money's involved, stupid. He's referring to getting in cars with strangers. I still disagree with that. Now we go to the set. We see Sally Struthers, who's there. Apparently, she got a job after the uh, Starbucks Marvin shit went down. huh? Director says, and action. Sydney Porty says, Rebecca, I'm a man. A man like any other with dreams and emotions. And that's why I'll never put a foreign object up my ass. <laughs> and the director says, cut. Great. Print that. Excellent work. Sid, take five. Guys, let's set up for the next shot. Yeah, I would never put anything up my ass either. That, no. that, 
would nope. Nope. Like I am not looking forward to getting old and they have to give us colonoscopies. I'm not looking forward to that. Scoop. No, I'm not looking forward to enemas when I'm old because like I'll get backed up because you know shit's gonna happen when you get old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not looking forward to those things. Even if you eat the healthiest, everyone shit just happens, right? Right. So the director says, "Great, cut print." They go to the princess now, or some chick, or clamshell opens up. I'm sorry, revealing two tiny little like princesses, <laughs> and the princesses are like, "Hello," and Sydney Portier is like, "Huh." And the princesses are in unison are both like, you must hurry. A young man has found the triangle of Zinta. And Cindy Portia says, where? And the princess says, a small pissant white bread mountain town in Colorado called South Park. And Cindy Portia says, excellent. Go back to the condo now. Now she's got the boys tied up, strapped to a rock. They're all hanging from chains. I'm sorry, Cartman is strapped to a rack. That's like, you know, you can uh, pull the limbs of, like stretch out body limbs as forced torture. Barbara Streisand says, you fools have no idea the powers that you are meddling with. I'll teach you to meddle with my triangle. She, she pulls the lever next to her. The ropes start to tighten on the rack, and Kyle starts, or Cartman starts stretching. He says, it's not my triangle, it's Kyle's. <laughs> Kyle's, like, hey, <laughs> Kyle's like, hey, don't try to pass it back on to me, fat ass. And he's like, eh, screw you, hippie. And Barbara Streisand says, where's the triangle? Zinthar Cartman says, I don't remember. Kyle's like, god damn it, just tell her I want to go home. Barbara Streisand says, maybe this will help jar your memory. And Cartman says, no, don't. Maybe this will help jar your memory. No, don't. This is plain. <laughs> now, do you remember? <laughs> Damn your black heart, Barbara Streisand. Uh, I don't know how much more I can take, dude. All right. You asked for it. I'm gonna tell you now. So she starts singing. And I gotta tell you, as far as the singing, it's not like out of key, but it's hilarious that the boys find it like ridiculously like painful to listen to her sing. Have you ever listened to any Barbra Streisand music ever in your life? And if so, did you enjoy it? No. Yes and no. Uh, Growing up with nothing but sisters, a lot of rom-coms and stuff. So there's been quite a few musicals that have been played around me, and none of them were ever good. Not even Mamma Mia. Never saw the appeal. Movie was shit. That's <laughs> so she continues to sing finally chef's like i don't know man maybe barbara streisand doesn't have a place up here after all says chef as they're continuing to scream boys leonard malt says well it looks like we'll have to go to plan b she was like wait a minute there's a plan b why the hell we've been driving around all night and day when there's a plan b leonard malt says have you ever heard of the band called the cure chef says "Ooh, come on don't tell me the cure has something to do with this too leonard malt says no no just the lead singer he starts convulsing, like, he's all, like, freaking out. And Jeff's like, well, what's the matter? And he's like, she's close. She's very close. I can feel her. <laughs> Jeff's like, where? And Malton's like, she, ha- she has the boys. They're in trouble. Jeff's like, oh, fudge. Keep going this way. So they go around the co- uh, corners. We go to commercial. We come back. Barbara Streisand stinging, is still singing. Happiness with you is like happiness. Kurtman's like, okay, okay, I'll tell you where the triangle is. It's inside my shoe. We move on. Barbara Streisand says, like, finally, the triangle is mine. After centuries of waiting, I finally have the triangle of Zinthar. Now the diamond of Pathios is complete. 
So Barbara joins the triangles and the resulting diamond begins to spin and glow. And then it does what in? And while she's doing that, uh, while that's going on, Barbara Streisand also goes, Sugai konaima aratashi hajinimadalaima kara atashi no name wa. And uh, apparently that translates to, wow, this is a new beginning. From now on, my name will be. And then she yells out, Mika Bobro Strisindio. <laughs> so wait, that was actual Japanese that they were using? I oh, think no so. shit. That's yeah. fucking I probably, awesome. I probably butchered <laughs> that. And I apologize if you're Japanese listening to the show. I love right? that. Yeah, I am so sorry. <laughs> I watch a lot of anime, so I apologize. But yeah, it was like a sugoi kono ima aratashi hajimari da imakara atashi no name wa. I hope I got that right. That sounds pretty good. At least my impression. Let's go with it. So she transforms. She breaks to the roof and then, you know, stands like, dude, this is pretty fucked up right here. <laughs> Love that line. <laughs> Dude, it's pretty fucked up right here. We're in town now. Jimbo's like, holy crap, Ned, that's the biggest goddamn deer I ever seen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we go back, we go back to the news, and the reporter's like, and so just weeks after the devastating attack of the mutant genetic creatures, zombies, and Thanksgiving turkeys, the town of South Park has managed to rebuild itself once again. So that was some nice callback. There's some story continuity there. Yeah, boy. Megastrysen appears behind him, and then he disvours the city. And you hear the reporter go, "Oh God damn it, not again!" And then we get this uh, the song, which I'm going to cut to right now. Babura, babura, anata no hi. <laughs> Which there is the translation is actually Japanese. She crushes the sushi bar with her foot. You are so hateful. She steps off the sushi. The man is walk okay, anyway. So. <laughs> That wasn't actually translation. I'm just I'm kidding. That was what was going on. <laughs> that was what was going on. That, during the song, she was crushing the sushi bar. The mayor is like watching from the window. And the mayor says, Barbara Streisand is. And the mayor is like, I know, just to call the National Guard. So the mayor says, ooh, we'll get you, bitch. <laughs> See, with the mayor. And she goes, and to think, I actually watched your HBO special. <laughs> Have you ever... Do you remember the show? Or, I mean, they're still, still making new episodes, but do you ever did you ever watch the show American Dad? Yes. Do you bit. do you remember the episode where Roger is upset that Stan ha, or has put in a Stan? Interesting has put in a uh, a uh, like a parental control lock on the pay per view because Roger is spending too much money and Roger wants to order <laughs> Barbara Streisand live on pay per view. <laughs> that fuck <laughs> that's what that oh, reminded me of when she said that i was like nice that's awesome 
the chef go children and the boys are like chef because they finally freaking find the kids Leonard Maltin's like oh no she joined the triangles and Cartman's like yeah she's still my triangle Stan's like, get us down from here. And Chef says, uh, here's a line that they dubbed from the episode where Chef turns into uh, the pedophile. I can't break these locks. I can't break these locks. That's where they pulled, at it, from, pulled it from. Did you notice that? Oh, hey. As, I go back, as we're going back through and watching this again, every time I do it every year, I always try to pick up a notice where they, where they pulled the Chef lines from to dub in that episode since he didn't actually voice it. That's hilarious. So that, that was from this one. Leonard Maltin goes, stand back, chef. And apparently he's got, uh, you know, some sort of like laser beams coming out of his eye. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually, I believe, an Ultraman power, potentially. Yes. Uh, yep. There you go. Exactly. So Kyle says, well, that was cool. He's like, I got to go after Mecha Streisand, chef. I need you to call Robert Smith of the Cure at this number. And Stan's like, Robert Smith, sweet. So all of a sudden a, a phone rings. Robert Smith's like, hello. Chef's like, uh, uh, yes, is this Robert Smith the cure? And he's like, uh, yes, yes, it is. He's like, uh, this may sound kind of strange, but Leonard Alt- Malton asked me to call you. Robert Smith thought all like nonchalantly. Oh, so Barbara Streisand's found the other triangle, eh? Oh, Barbara <laughs> Streisand found the other triangle, eh? Right. <laughs> and then now we're with the National Guard. And this was a uh, another uh, another uh, foreshadowing. I don't know if you pick this up. This was the National Guard. This was the same general that appears in the movie. South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. It's the same general. It's the same general. All right, man, give her all you got. Oh, same guy. Same Have you heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to hip-hop. Operation Get Behind the Darkies. <laughs> From the movie, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Uh, so he gives it all he got. Jimbo's like, get around the side, Ned. I can get a shot from here. So they're in a chopper, and she just, like, bats them away. Babura, babura, uda. And apparently that actually does mean Barbara, Barbara, those tits are wonderful. Sergeant says to his commander, it's no use. Our firepower has no effect. By the way, when Ned and Jimbo got swatted off, did you notice that their helicopter didn't even explode? Yeah. It just lands like boom, like a rock hitting the ground. <laughs> but no, Kenny gets blown up in all these other ridiculous situations in the episodes. And they just, eh, nothing. nothing. They had a tricycle in the episode later on with Cartman and uh, Kyle in the Cartoon Wars episode where a little three-wheeler goes off the cliff and it goes into a huge explosion. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the helicopter doesn't make an explosion. That's funny. I mean, I get it. It's early on, so maybe they were limited on budget, but, you know. So, all of a sudden, this is one of our favorite parts. We get Sheila. What did she, what did she say here, uh, Skeep? <laughs> oh, Streisand, I'm such a big fan. Can I get your autograph? My sister would just die. Oh my god, it is you! Oh, I am such a huge fan, Miss Streisand! I never thought I'd live to see you in person! I hate to ask this, but could I get an autograph? My sister would die! Oh, thank you, Miss Streisand! I like how, even though she's a Mecha Streisand, <laughs> she totally complies, like totally stops right in her tracks. 
oh yeah i'll give you an autograph <laughs> and when sheila thanks her she roars like you're welcome <laughs> like so why do they all just you know get mecca streisand to uh sing for them oh wait they will in season 14 with lou diamond phillips Oh, I saw that Lou Diamond Phillips is in a new television show, I want to say, on like Amazon maybe or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So the citizen says, oh, my God, he's screaming. Mr. Garrison's like, we're doomed. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Hat. And then the singer continues, ba-boo-da, ba-boo-da, And then uh, you hear uh, Leonard Moulton. He's like, stand back. Kitty, kitty, chuparua. <laughs> <laughs> So he he morphs into Ultra Leonardo Martin. Chef's <laughs> like, look out, children. They're all fighting. Kenny's like, oh no, I have got to stay away. He tries to run away, but he ends up like getting strangled by a tether ball and gets round, gets like uh, coiled up the pole and dies, which I like. That's funny. I liked that they made Kenny's death like very like simple because of all the other destruction was that was going on, right? Because it stood, now it stands out. Yep. If they had made it all chaotic to you, we would have forgot about Kenny's death. But because it's so simple and all the chaos, you remember. Like, oh yeah, he died by the tetherball fall. I wonder if anybody's ever died by tetherball fall. Stitch says, "Oh my God, they killed Kenny, you bastard!" Sydney Porter. He shows up. He's like, "What's going on here?" She's like, "Sydney Porter." <laughs> Damn, man, it's nice to meet you. I'll finally get to see another black man here in South Park, besides Token's parents. Sydney Portney is like, Barbara Streisand, he didn't say that part. Barbara Streisand has found the triangle of Zinthar, and Chef's like, yep, she's made the diamond of Pantheos, all right. <laughs> so he, he, he evolves, so he, <laughs> he morphs into Mega Portier. And then the singer, you know, starts up again. Is that really necessary? <laughs> I love so, that part. Yeah. So basically, the boys end up being shocked as, you know, Sidney Portier and Letter Malton are basically getting their ass kicked. And Chef's like, it's over. She's too strong for them, children. We'll have to leave town. And Kyrie's like, make it go away. I hate Barbara Streisand. I hate her. Stan's like, my mom always said there were no monsters, but there are, aren't there, Chef? The Chef's like, we have to say goodbye to South Park. <laughs> the woman's like, oh, my God, help me. Robert Smith all of a sudden shows like, oh, up, and he's like, am I too late? And Chef's like, who are you? Stan's like, dude, Robert Smith of The Cure. Cartman's like, sweet. So Robert Smith's like, here, you boys hold this walkie. You can help me fight her. And Chef says, you can try, Robert Smith, but that thing just beat the crap out of Leonard Moulton and Sidney Poitier. And Robert Smith's like, I have to try. I can't let Barbara Streisand do this to entire the world. And then the singer now. <laughs> As Robert Smith begins his transformation into AKA Giant Mothra. Robert Smith, Robert Smith, Robert Smith. Leonard Moulton's like, we must tell him that her weak point is the nose as Mothra or jo- Robert Smith battling her. And Stan gets on the walkie-talkie and says, Robert Smith, her, you hit her in the nose. Use robot punch. <laughs> so he does that, and the diamond of Pantheos falls out, and and like the, Kyle's like, oh, she must be powerless now. And Stan says in the walkie, quickly, Robert Smith, she's powerless. And the singer goes... 
Dan says, like, he did it. Kyle's like, no more Barbara Streisand. As Barbara Streisand can be seen, uh, like, getting, like, shot up into outer space. And an electrical overload, overload occurs. And she blows up into millions of pieces. Or did she? <laughs> Stan says, he did it. No more Barbara Streisand. Robert Smith transports back to normal. Jesus pops up. He's like, Arsenia. Robert Smith's like, can I have my walkie-talkie back now, please? And Cartman says, no, Eddie, you gave it to us. It's mine now. And then Cartman gets what's coming to him, because he always gets what's coming to him. You know what I mean? Cartman never just gets away with shit. Robert Smith's like, all right, I'll roll Shambo for you. You ready? Cartman's like, huh? And then he kicks him in the nets. Cartman falls down, and he didn't even take the walkie. He just leaves. <laughs> he just wanted to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Rochambeau, you follow him? <laughs> want to say that technically speaking Cartman could have filed a class action lawsuit an adult could've. just kicked him in the nuts could have gotten that money Cartman should have seen the bigger picture chef's like hey where's he going and Stan as Robert Smith starts to walk off in the sunset and you hear Japanese music playing and Stan's like goodbye Robert Smith and Cartman's like James I have business again and Kyle's like Disintegration is the best album ever have you ever listened to uh, The Cure or in this case the Disintegration album yeah I like The Cure um I can't say that, uh, you know, this album or that album was amazing. You know, a couple of their songs that I can recognize. Those are, I mean, I, I'm not like Give me some into song. the cure. Give some song titles. Uh, Love Song. Uh, the Cat Song. What was the name of that one? Uh, Cats, I think it was called. <laughs> um in all fairness, I've never really listened to The Cure, so like I'm, I'm not, I can't say one way or another. I don't have an opinion. I know they were kind of big during our middle school and high school days for sure. Like really, yeah. people were in The Cure during the '90s and the 2000s, early 2000s. I mean, some of their music was pretty good. I wouldn't say that sitting down and listening to their records over and over again is very fun because it is pretty repetitive. But there's a lot of the same sound. Uh, the girl I dated in high school was a huge Cure fan, and she always just nonstop listened to the Cure, Gwen Stefani, and Type O Negative. It, it just a lot of it ends up sounding the same. All right, well, let's finish up this episode here as we go back to Kyle's house. Now, Kyle's like, we have to get rid of the triangles, guys. No one should have this much power. And Cartman's like, uh, after I'm sorry, they throw it away first. He tosses at the triangles in the track, and then Stan's like, well, at least I have this walkie-talkie Robert Smith gave me. <laughs> Cartman's like, no, that's my wife. He gave it to me. And Kyle's like, damn it, Cartman, don't you ever learn anything? Stan turns left and he walks out to the door. And Cartman's like, come on, Stan's mine. I'll Rochambeau you for it. And Stan says, go to hell, Cartman. Now they're outside. And Kyle says, or now they're all outside. I'm sorry. And Kyle says, well, that whole experience sure did suck. Stan's like, yeah, I'm sure they're glad that's over. And Kyle's like, but you know, I've learned something today. I've learned that people who want power and a lot of power always end up dead mm -hmm. and what's going on in the world right now with the coronavirus this isn't a conspiracy podcast but we're just telling you people do your research okay make your own informed decision and listen to the conspiracy horseman on twitch.tv slash conspiracy horseman each and every wednesday night at 7 15 p.m eastern 
Kyle says, but you know, I've learned something today. Oh, I'm sorry, I read that. I already recapped that part. And Cartman says, yeah, and I learned it something too. Rabbit Smith kicks ass. And that's interesting because I think that kind of uh, almost goes back to the pilot when Cartman's like, uh, or, or the Cartman, a.k.a. standard Kyle, Kyle's like, I learned something today. It's all about presents. Yeah. <laughs> And it kind of ties back to the Brian. Today, we met the Brian Boitano. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the little nuances that they do. Exactly. And Stan says, oh my God, look, as they hear a huge rumbling. And it looks like Ike has gotten into the trash can as he forms into Mecha Ike. And they all scream, ah, Mecha Ike. As the episode ends. You know, I want a Mecha Streisand and I want a... Mecha Ike Funko 10 inch pop. Right, would you buy that, Ian? Yes, I would <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I want a Mecha Streisand and I want a Mecha Ike. I would get both. Yes, dude. Actually, I'd even be I'd even be more happy if they gave us the what is it? There's the there's the three inch, the six inch. I want the 10 inch. I want a 10 inch Mecha Streisand and a six inch Ike, so That's I can kick the baby. Kick the baby. Don't kick the baby. So that was <laughs> it, ladies and gentlemen. That was season one, episode 12, as we wrap up another edition of Suck My Balls here. This is episode 13 for us. And we'll be back next week, of course, with episode 14 for the season finale, which is Cartman's mom is a dirty slut. Mm, it's one of the good ones, too. It's one of the great ones. They end on a high note with this season. And the next week, we'll reveal how we're going to do the season premiere because for those of you who aren't aware, spoilers ahead, even though this show came out in 1997 and this was from 1998, they play an April Fool's joke on the season premiere of on season two, Terrence and Philip, not without my anus. So we have not decided how we're going to do that yet, because I don't think you as a listener want to hear a full review on not without my anus. We might mix it in. I might chop it up into two episodes. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll make that decision when we get there. Ian, you're my boy talking about talking about scoop. Uh, overall, I would say this episode was probably in my top 20. Did this make Scoop's top 20? Sure did. Sure top did. 20, number top 17. 20. Number 17. Are you keeping track? Are you writing these yes, down? Yes, I am. I Good. Because I want to, when you when we fulfill that, fill out that whole top 20. Ooh, I'm getting hit up here. I want to fill out that whole top 20. And I want, when you get it down, I want to post it. You know what I mean? I want to. Uh, yeah. I want to make it look pretty cute. Pretty cute. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Matthew Schaffer. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew underscore Schaffer. Of course, big shout out to our sponsors, RatSalaryReview.com, HackerHomming.Podbean.com. And, of course, you can check out TheBrosters.com for Russo brand coffee. Ian, um, do you want people to hit you up on Twitter right now? <laughs> no, don't hit me up on Twitter because I'm just done with the stupidity that's on it right now. <laughs> He's done with the stupidity. All right. Well, we're done here with uh, this little bit of uh, stupidity. And uh, we hope you enjoyed our little bit of stupidity. Rate us, share us, find us everywhere on iTunes, Spotify, Google. Tell your friends, tell your mom. You can support us at anchor.fm slash suckmyball slash support if you'd like to become a monthly donation member. And, um, you know, if the coronavirus fails, we're going to be doing more of these podcasts. So please help out. Go to our anchor.fm slash suckmyball slash support. I'm Matthew Schaffer. That's Steve Jackson. Check my bad. Check my bad. <laughs>
En junker red ved juletid Ting tjang ting nu til dig Omkring ham dadet sneen hvid Ting tjang ting nu til dig Han stred sig frem i regn og blæst Med et der sejnede hans hest Ting tjang nu, ting tjang nu Ting tjang ting nu til dig Stakkels junker død Ting tjang ting nu til dig Han dækket var af sne og is Men tør nu op i paradis Ting tjang nu, ting tjang nu Ting tjang ting nu til dig Det var jo noget ved og noget for da han tøde, blev han våd Ting tang ting nu til dig Men sådan kan det altså gå Når man går uden hue på Ting tang nu, ting tang nu Ting tang ting nu til dig Ting tjang lu, ting tjang lu, ting 